You are listening to 88.9 KUCI-FM in Irvine. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of KUCI-UC Irvine, nor those of the UC Board of Regents. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. You are listening to Mission to Civilize. It's good. It's natural. (laughs) Okay. All right. It's running. It's good. It's natural. By the way, your mics are hot, so this is all live. It's okay. (laughs) Anything you say can and will be used against you on the radio. I mean, it won't. We'll I'll I'll obviously cut this out later. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or I might not. Sound bites. <laughs> Come on, do a PSA for us while you're here. Well, I mean, I guess we can start Eat by your saying your breakfast in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is Take turning into a terrible Howard Stern bit very quickly, sir. All right, well, good hey, on you. Tell me if you good would. on you. You wanted this, and now you've earned it. Now you are. You know what? Good for you, man. You, Tom works so hard at this. So there's a piano behind you. Why get creative? Come on. Yeah, happy days are here. Uh-huh. Happy day. What, what is uh-huh. it? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know we have to charge you if you start singing, no. though. What are you? Sing it. Sing it. Don't be afraid. Hey, the mic is over here. The by, by the way, oh, yeah. just, just, just to let you know, there is no Iran. It's Persia. The Persia. The Persian Empire. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Okay. okay. So, uh, good afternoon. I think I'm, we could probably just roll with that. How much time do we just use right there? None. It doesn't matter. No, I, I'm just curious, man. <laughs> just relax. I don't know the time. I think we're done. Relax. That should be like it. <laughs> oh, it was like, okay. No, because no, like, see, I don't even know how long the... You can't uh, get minute, anything ninety. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine you could. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, you, first of all, you're listening to 88.9 KUCI FM in Irvine. That's a good way to start, right? It is. Okay, so if you heard our intro earlier, this is Mission to Civilize. I am your host, Sahil Malik, with my guest host, Tom Bindenwald. How are you? I'm doing very well, but... But what? But a little tired. Oh, yeah, I'm a little bit tired, too. It's getting getting close to the end of the day here. It's 9 p.m. Our our other guest host, Kenoi Lani, is in the studio with us, and she's brought, a, brought, brought some f- uh, friends with her. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> hi. So uh, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Ariana. I'm Harleen. Speak into the microphone. I'm Harleen. There you go. All right. So wait, say hello. Hello, this is Kenoi speaking. Yeah. All right. So yes. So we, we've just been kind of goofing off and we've been having fun. But uh, we're going to get into what we're trying to talk about. This this is, a, this is a new show that we do once a week for a half an hour. What we do is we take one topic. We kind of explain it. We kind of give you the background when we kind of tell you how far it's come, where like the details of it and kind of we kind of get past like that general like CNN type of like brazing the surface level. So let's let's get into it this week. Are you saying that CNN's not one hundred percent accurate? I I have no idea. I haven't. I can't remember the last time I watched CNN. I just picked them because it was the first thing that came to my mind, <laughs> and I just felt like bullying somebody for bad coverage. What if that's like my only source of information about everything going on in the world? Then I would think that you're just not listening to me talk right now. True that. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. Um, this week's subject is the Iranian nuclear deal, right? That is correct. That is correct. And um, we've got, obviously, we've got friends in the studio, so we've got more questions to answer, hopefully, this week. That I think that'll be a nice nice little pepper and spice type of, salt and pepper type of thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what kind of metaphor I'm using here. It's terrible. Um, but uh, if you were with us last week, we talked about veganism. And now we're on to talking about nuclear arms deals. That's great, great segue. Yeah. Right. 
yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. We talk about all different types of talk- topics. Like we said in the first episode, we like to talk about domestic policy, foreign policy, social issues, anything that we think is pertinent that the three of us kind of collaborated with and decided on. Um, next week, I think, is a special episode because it kind of came by the fly, and we're going to be doing election coverage. So I think that's going to be cool. That will be interesting. That will be interesting, won't it? Okay. It will be very interesting. Is everyone registered to vote in here? Yeah. If you haven't registered to vote, go yes. do that. I uh, just Today was the last. No, yesterday was the last no. day. No. So, you know, I actually registered to vote two weeks ago, but I was stuck by permanent mail uh, vote by mail. And oh, I had no good. idea. So when I looked for the, the midterms, I couldn't vote and I was upset because I didn't right. find my packet, but I re-registered and yeah. now I can. That happened to me too. I had to um, request well, a new ballot. That, that's next nice. week. Yeah, so that's next week's episode. I mean, next week we'll cover all your races and your issues, and then that way you're informed for November 6th. You guys, will that be useful? I mean, that's going to be useful, right? That would be very useful. You've got to know who you're punching in. Don't just pick Democrats because it's not... Like, I'm a Democrat. I'm a lifelong Democrat. I always will be. But don't just vote for Democrats. Vote for the people that are the most qualified. I saw a lot of Republican candidates in there that were... Like the ones not taking the super PAC money and like, you know, whatever that kind of stuff. So, um, all right, let's do this. The Iranian nuclear deal. Um, I don't want to say a hot button issue because both of us listened to an NPR and uh, watched, excuse me, an NPR video last night of Barack Obama. And so we know that this issue, while very important, and that's why we wanted to talk about it, not something that was actually debated like a ton in regards to like critical response, something that we kind of both agreed on. It was, it was like some of the right wing screaming, but more so it was well received in the sense that like this was something that was long overdue and a positive step forward in the peace process. Exactly. Okay. Uh, really, especially in the Middle East, Is just that, I mean, getting really a, a good step forward and getting engaged with Iran after the you know the issue that began back in 1979 with the hostage crisis with that's, with Iran. That's a simplified version of that. I mean, we kind yeah, of we kind of overthrew their country and then yeah. Well, that was that was a different. That was the British in in the 50s, but. It was also the with same. U.S. Okay. Compla- complacency. Yeah. So I mean, we also if placed in a dictator like that was not right. Vishaw and right. that Vishaw. was our guys. So. Right. Yeah. Anyways, so um, long muddled history of U.S. foreign relations with Iran, and from like just my opinion, of course, I think Iran is kind of the key to the Middle East. Like I think it's the biggest, like it's like, it's it's the biggest power broker, and especially because it's like been so hostile to the U.S., I think it has the most sway in that that region because it has the most money resources and you know that kind of backing as well as like it's kind of that big symbol in the in the eastern world if you will for anti-west feelings well i I don't know how anti-west they are but they have been a critical player in the american uh foreign policy because when you go back to the shaw uh, they they were a big partner in the cold war right and Absolutely. and then when they had their regime change and the new regime came in, they they've still maintained a very uh, active role in the Middle East along with Saudi Arabia. Right. Oh, I mean, of course the Saudis, and, but the and, Saudis and have Iraq. always been more more so, US based and then we obviously destroyed the Iraqi government. Right. Right. That's right. We and just, so we destroyed Iraq. So that was So uh, Iran obviously has has always had a key role play yeah. in that region yeah. and 
you go further back in history, of course, they were a major yeah, empire. And that, that, and that and deal has part of it now, just because it yeah. has that reputation and that kind of stuff. You're right. So. In fact, that's one of, the, one of the reasons, and President Barack Obama mentioned that, is that it has this cultural history. And because of that, you have to, you have to factor that in, and that's what he did with this deal. You, you have to respect the people of Iran. They're really wonderful people. I've worked with many of them. Yeah. They're, it, it's been a good, you know. I have a person next to girlfriend. Yeah, it's been, so, it's been a, a society <laughs> and, and no. a culture that uh, I mean, I like should, Persian girls. is is well regarded. That's good for you. To, and therefore, one has to accept the fact that, like any other country, they they have a right to make decisions, and the only way to get countries to do things really the right way is to engage and, and negotiate and, and talk about what upsets you and what concerns you and then reach agreements. And that was the foundation of the Iranian nuclear deal was to, it was coming together of, of the United States and Iran along with well, the other members so of the speak, security. Speaking of the foundation of, yeah. let's just jump into it. Yeah. So, um, you know, my role is I kind of do the history and some of the, the old research and then Tom will kind of take the, the newer stuff and we'll even discuss the plan a little bit. I've got my, got my notes. You can hear that in the background. Um, so we're going to call this the Iranian nuclear deal just for you know simplicity's sake. But it is more, more commonly known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. It was between Iran and the P5, which includes the United States, the United Kingdom, Russia, France, and China, the f- permanent five members of the UN, the original members, st- uh, and, and the UN Security Council, plus Germany, I know earlier we debated on whether EU was a part of it, so we're not gonna we're not gonna suggest that whether or not it's true. But I take the time to find out because we couldn't figure it out. That was something that came up last minute. But um, the foreign ministers of all these countries came together in Lausanne, Switzerland, from March 26, 2015, through April second. They uh, they came up with the comprehensive plan of action. Uh, the reason they called it that was because no formal agreements had been reached, and then uh, in November of 2013, November of 2013, 2015, that was March, that was April of 2015, sorry. So in November of 2015, they had an interim joint plan of action in Geneva. And then in July 14, uh, on July 14, 2015, a agreement was finally reached in Vienna. And then since on May 8th, 2018, Donald Trump decided the U.S. was no longer in favor of the Iranian nuclear deal. Right. He withdrew participation currently. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Do you, yeah. No, so that when you say he withdrew, what, how fast did that go into effect? How fast did that affect anyone, any nation, any country? Okay. So it, it's an immediate effect on the United States because it was not a ratified treaty in the Senate. Therefore, one could argue, but no one's going to take him to the Supreme Court uh, whether or not he had the 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 executive power to do it but yes he did have the executive power to do it because it didn't get formalized in the senate had it been formalized in the senate as a treaty it would have become law in in the united states and only the senate could have rolled it back and that was would have been doubtful because we haven't done that too often with treaties 
So say say we did take it to the Senate and it was a treaty in question or in the process of becoming a treaty um, versus him making the decision or however he formulated his decision to withdraw, whether that was on his own or with his own. Um, I, I, I don't know what the right word to say. I don't want to be in, <laughs> incorrect. Um, I guess him and whoever helped him decide his security council, his security council. So his, well, his security advisors, yeah. I guess. So. Him the National Security his, Council, that's what they're called. So. Him and the Security Council yeah. making that decision versus taking it to the Senate. How much time, what, what would be the time difference in that decision, whether it's a yes or no, we are withdrawing? Well, he wouldn't have been able to withdraw if the Senate had ratified a treaty because the Senate would have to agree to to, to nullify a treaty. The only way he could But because it wasn't away. a treaty, he had he had the authority not to participate. And I say not to participate because this is kind of a complex, very, I mean, well beyond the legal knowledge of myself. This is something that could potentially you could take to the Supreme Court and argue about was it a treaty, you know, did it imply this, did it imply that. In fact, they they do have a write-up in in an article in Political Science Quarterly over the last couple of years, I, I remember reading an article about that. So, with so that with that said, he had the ability to withdraw participation. Let, let me explain it in a different way because I mean, I, not that I disagree with anything you said. Obviously, totally accurate. Uh, I I just wanted to explain it in a different way in the sense that uh, I think at that moment in history, Barack Obama was pretty vocal about the United States Senate and like the House of Representatives being pretty polarized and not wanting to work together and get things done. And he decided at that moment in history that he wanted to start using the power of executive order a lot more, which is which has the enforcement of law, obviously. I'm, I'm sure you guys know that already. So basically, he just, whatever he writes, has it just goes into law immediately. Senate like can overturn that, but it didn't. And because this wasn't something that was voted on by the members of our Congress, it was only an executive order. Donald Trump then has the right to back away from that because he's the executive now and he's in charge of the executive orders. So um, I can add one thing to that. Yeah, so there, there was a letter called the Cotton letter from Senator Cotton, who was the only person who didn't vote even except the kind of quasi treaty proposal that was given to the Senate. And he wrote a letter with other Republican senators explaining as if the Iranian government doesn't understand how the U.S. government works, but condescendingly explaining that, indeed, just because President Barack Obama signed this executive order, we haven't ratified it, and therefore, well, the next president or the president after that could change the conditions under which we participate. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I actually have a question. Sure. Um, so... With Donald Trump um, having withdrawn from this, mm -hmm. um, does that put us in a bad place with Iran? I mean, I, I guess that's that's uh, that's a tough. I, I, I can I can tell you what President Barack Obama said, which I would agree. That we were in a better place with this deal because you had the ability to legally verify what the Iranians were doing. And we'll get into the specifics on right. that in a minute. Okay. Like the actual now, details of now, the plan. Now, by not participating, it doesn't change what you what what the others do. France, UK, China, uh, Russia, 
Germany. doesn't change their participation. It just means we've got no say in it. And, and the Iranians have responded to it by saying, yeah, w- we, are, we are open to negotiation. It's, it's called we, we have this deal. And that's exactly what they've said, and, and they're going to stick to it. And I think a lot of the interesting, and I f- didn't mention this earlier, but a lot of what happened b- between April 2nd and then November when it was finally reached, there was a lot of hemming and hawing between the Ayatollah, like Iranian leadership, and their government basically just saying that they don't agree with some of the things that we said. Us, our government saying that their factual accounting of the details were different, and just kind of like backing, like back and forth. And it just never seemed like it was like a real thing until like that agreement was reached. But just because that agreement reached, which doesn't mean like now, even though it was in place, he has withdrawn from it. So no, basically, the parts of the U.S. were responsible for are just not enforceable. And I think that's a good segue into the actual plan details, and then we can ask, we can kind of build from there. If you guys want to like understand the more specific things, so um, the Iranian nuclear deal, the plan essentially, I'm just going to hit Gray's like the top. It, so it's a four-part plan, and it is involved with enrichment of uranium, reprocessing, monitoring, and sanctions. So first, enrichment it basically limits the capacity, the enrichment levels, and the stockpile of uranium that the Iranians are allowed to have. Uh, reprocessing it's basically turning heavy water reactors into light water reactors so removing the uranium reactors that are weapons grade to make them so that they're more like nuclear power based and i think that you actually were explaining a little bit earlier what heavy water means so do you well it's not so much the heavy water but uh, the reprocessing covers taking uranium that you run through a reactor in a normal situation for power generation and you can actually create (coughs) plutonium out of it so that they had, I think, in place one reactor that was able to do that, that used heavy water, so it was able to enrich and convert uranium of, of, a different, of a different composition into plutonium, which then can be used as, as weapons-grade material as well as uranium. So and they, from my they, understanding they agreed of to back out of that. From right. my understanding of isotopes, they're very unstable. Yeah, uh, plutonium makes a good bomb, evidently, but it's it's a pretty dangerous process. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, so then after the reprocessing, we have the monitoring, which essentially put IAEA procedures, in, like the, the already set like com- international community standard procedures, into place over the Iranian nuclear facilities. And then finally, the sanctions, obviously the part that the Iran was in this for. The reason Iran even wanted to come to the table at any point is because we had crippled them, their economy, to a point where they just didn't have any of the choices. Like, you know what I mean? Like blockades, blo- you know, this, this embargoes, whatever it may be. It, it hurts these econ- economies so badly because the U.S. is the biggest in the world. Um, so the sanctions included uh, the U- European Union terminating their sanctions against Iran, uh, the U.S. ceasing all sales of nuclear uh, weapons and any secondary markets of the nuclear uh, process so no more making money off of side deals basically with nuclear waste and nuclear weapons and if uh, finally the UN Security Council it would be endorsing the removal of all the rest of the restrictive measures that they had in place against against Iran and then finally uh, the special condition that the US built into Iran that deal with them was basically that the, the US would not step in and stop Iran from selling arms and buying arms and supplying the region where they see fit with the with their whatever needs requirements but that if they were found to be 
selling arms to people that were leading terror acts against the United States than they would that just basically allowed for an open more of an open channel um, and it really like like Tom said earlier it gave us legal framework to be able to do all these different things where we can say hey you know what now we can check on you what you're doing where you're using it and we have the the ability to actually watch you legally so with this withdrawal <coughs> we are now blind to all of that well that that was the <laughs> no, point that the president pointed out that it you you certainly have no legal basis and how do you and how do you verify something that you don't have access to right mm -hmm. it's all you can do is accuse somebody yes we do have some means of, of verification through you know spy satellites and and operatives perhaps on the ground but it's not a very comprehensive uh, you know analysis of what's going on and it certainly may not sway anybody in the security council to go along with you and say oh yes they're definitely violating something whereas when you have a rule book you know think of playing a game when 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 you play by an agreed upon set of rules you can refer to the rules here you're the best the u.s can do is indirectly point a finger at somebody mm. and that that is very very difficult hurdle so wasn't one one basic point of this uh, joint comprehensive plan of action or nuclear deal to lessen tension? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's this is a country that we have had a lot of turmoil with. We have overthrown their government twice. They've overthrown their own government two or three times. And it's it's a proud nation with smart, like you know, like creative people, like uh, Tom was mentioning earlier. Um, and to the point you were making earlier, sorry, I don't mean to like go back, but um, you were mentioning that like, are we left in the dark? No, the Security Council is still involved, and so are the rest of the other four and five plus Germany. So yes, we're not physically involved, but I don't think it would take much for us to call the the U UK or Germany and ask what's going on. So, um, but sorry, what was your question again? I want to make sure. I oh, oh, um, I mean, I do have a new question based on what you just said, so I don't want to lose it. Which is, um, so you're saying that in the case that we did want to. Uh, know what's going on now that we have withdrawn as a country and we could ask another uh, world power is that outside the bounds of the deal is that um, I, I feel like legal is not even um, is only a small version of the term I'm really trying to um, well get to I can I can answer that all right <clears throat> the, the the Chinese and the Russians aren't going to cooperate with us the the Germans aren't going to be happy the French may give you some in, in, insight and share intelligence and the and the British will probably share the most intelligence. But so the British are kind of on the hook on this one. But so, so they're allowed to, right? Like that's not oh, without Well, we always do. I mean, we share intelligence with Germany, the the UK and France anyways. I mean, the, the UK being our like greatest of allies, right? So like I can't imagine like Downing Street being like, "No, we're not going to tell the US what's going on." But like, we but th but it's, uh, there is obviously still a big act. Like, okay, think about it this right. Like, if you're trying to figure out what's going on with where you're at, like, isn't it more informative if you're on the scene rather than if you have to call Ari and ask? Right, right, right. Right. Also, the the problem is is now we have no authority to put. You know, yes. We have no authority issue. to have any kind of international sanctions, and we're now at odds with with our European friends because they're still in the agreement they're still going to have commerce that our country 
Which, initiated. But we're gonna. But we're putting sanctions are going in, into effect. For instance, on on their oil. Okay, but oil's sold on on a world market, and it's not going to have that big as big an impact. Uh, I just read in in Financial Times that the Iranians feel that they'll be able to sell about one point two uh, million barrels a day of oil, which is about it. 60% of what they're selling right now. But we we can't tell the French, hey, um, geez, you know, we put sanctions on them. You want to do business with them. Uh, what are you going to do? Put sanctions on uh, French French business? That's not going to go over too well. No. No, I can't imagine it will. Okay. Anything else? Not at the moment. Okay. So uh, we've got, let's see, how much time we have left? We have like five, six minutes left. I think that gives us just enough time, Tom, to... Why don't you say anything else that we left out? Because I know we didn't get to formally give you your time to speak. But um, go ahead and fill in the whatever you feel like you like left out or anything else you want to say. Well, the best thing is that if he wants to do the right thing, the current president, let's get a formal treaty, get the wording right, present it to, to the Senate, get it ratified, and, and, and let's move forward. Because as President Barack Obama correctly said and and this is probably you know for for me president obama had three critical mistakes in foreign policy but this is not one of them this was it, actually his crowning jewel of this, his this, foreign policy this this was a this was a well done because he had a proper secretary of state to to manage it but it you know going forward we we need to ratify this deal and it will help us address other issues in the Middle East, without a doubt. What are some of those issues that may be addressed? Um, so he mentioned some of the shortcomings of Barack Obama's foreign policy. My number one on that list is Syria. If you are, I don't know, how reprised you are to the Syrian war, civil war that's currently happening. Uh, we've grazed it uh, in passing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're not going to get into that, obviously, because it's not that forum. But like Syria has basically been torn in half. And a lot of it is because of like hemming and hawing on the Obama administration, not wanting to get involved, but then tepidly, you know, going back and forth. Um, Iraq is mostly just a hotbed of uh, what is it, ISIS production, because we, well, we tore down their government, and when we left them nothing, they decided to galvanize, and when they did, they turned into a terrorist group. Like funny, funny surprise, right? When they had nothing, they they picked up a bunch of weapons and started killing white people. Um, Let's see what else is unstable around that area. Obviously, like I feel like Jerusalem just constantly sits under a watchful eye. I mean, um, yeah, Jerusalem is the capital, right? not Tel Aviv. No, I believe the Trump administration said that Jerusalem was. But uh, Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, I think is still the capital. It is Israel. still the capital, but they, Israel. but the Trump administration in a mood, mood the. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just not get into that. But the, the the key thing is, is the deal allowed you now to negotiate these other issues because you've got one thing taken care of now you can go on to the next issue and the next issue you've ever heard the term peace in the middle east well i'm not yes <laughs> yeah it's not happening anytime soon <laughs> and not because we don't want it to but because but, it's super complicated but but iran really isn't the the that focal point iran has to be looked at as its role as as a country and respecting that role and learning how to properly interact with their government and so this was a big step forward 
in recognizing their government as being legitimate, getting over a very difficult situation that occurred with the hostage taking back in 79, and trying to open up a new avenue of dialogue, and this was the first step forward. Yeah. What else is what else is in the Middle East that I'm thinking? Oh, Lebanon. They're controlled by Hezbollah, so that's that's no good, obviously. Excuse me, who? Lebanon. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> no, <laughs> you oh, mentioned a oh, name. Oh, Hezbollah. There it's a uh, terrorist group that is basically the government of Lebanon. Well, well, oh. I try to be a little more sanguine about it in that. No, do they go? Con- countries, big countries like the United States, like Russia, like like China now have influence, like the EU. And other countries like Iran have influence. They're major players. And you've got to learn how to live in a world where you respect that fact. And that's what this that's what President yeah, uh, President Obama was trying to achieve. Let's just get over that hump, that hill and Yeah, it's a process. You can't keep going back and forth like this. Like we took one step forward just to take two steps back. Like we can't if we're ever gonna get them away from the bomb and there's already three people in that area that already have a bomb, like Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no, not Saudi Arabia. What were they? India. India. Well, they're not in the Middle East. Pakistan. Well, we know that for sure. But they're neighbors of Iran, so that factors into it. That's and and, Isra- and Israel is Israel. a non-confirmed uh, nuclear well, state. Well, we know they have one, so they can they can act all they want. The Israelis. Yes. Um, okay, so that leaves us with two minutes. I mean, we can always just plug some music in if we're. If we so choose, but uh, I guys, I kind of want to wrap it up. How do you feel? Anything else you want to add? Mm-hmm. How about you? Anything else? Anything? Anything else you didn't understand, ladies? <clears throat> oh, this was all news to me. Um, admittedly, I came into this blind on purpose. I love the idea of just kind of learning very raw through this discussion form um, versus a textbook be- and lecture being just kind of talked at, but having discussion. So, um, thank you both for your parts in your histories, your opinions. Um, your contributions. Okay. All right. Well, then that's it. Let's sign off. I'm Sahil. And for Kanoe and Tom, this is Mission to Civilize. You're listening to 88.9 KUCI FM in Irvine. And we will see you next week with our election coverage. Make sure you guys are all geared up for that. And until then, I hope you guys have a great afternoon. Thanks.